0: I'm in school she's working full-time we haven't um reached like our biggest goals just yet you know we're still us I think it'll always be like that because we have each other to keep us grounded right
1: yeah exactly I think that's kind of throughout this humbling experience itself I think this how we stayed humble is just by really not disclosing anything unless it's um official of course and then uh, when it is official um, it's not you know any bragging rights or anything by no means um, we just try to to look at it as a one us you know one stepping stone in the right direction um, mm-hmm. rather than full you know success like we didn't make it or whatever so I don't think we'll ever say we made it um, because we're gonna obviously keep working towards whatever is next
2: we are not telling you to quit your job here at out the clock the healthcare entrepreneurs podcast we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you this is otc university and class is in session
0: I'm Brianna Cook, and this is Serena Brown. And we are the co-founders of Pretty Dynamic. And Pretty Dynamic started out um, from an inspiration of um, everybody's a little pretty dynamic, and they're all unique in their own way. And so that's also why uh, a perfect segue into why we started Unisex Line, uh, specifically streetwear. And so um, it's something that we started Uh, two years ago together we were scared to do but um we took that leap of faith and we finally said just do it and you know if and a lot of times we're like we come through a lot of struggles and we're like oh my god I don't know how we're gonna do this but we always tell each other that if it was easy everybody would do it and so it's our motto yep Yeah. So
1: uh, we just want to let everyone know that um, if you are, you know, scared to start your own business or whatever it could be, uh, definitely just take that leap of faith, really, because you never know what's on the other side of that door. And really just being scared of failing is what's going to, you know, ultimately determine your outcome. So you want to do it, then you just got to do it.
3: Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, I am your co-host, Mr. Carl Born, Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people.
2: What up, y'all? No, what up to everybody um, that listens to our episodes, all our fans, the OTC tribe. What's up to everybody in YouTube land as well? We love y'all. We may not give you guys as much love as everybody else, but look, you guys matter. We appreciate you guys. I'm glad to be here, though.
3: Facts. So. Without further ado, you guys know we love to bring you special guests. This is this is kind of unconventional because I mean technically y'all shouldn't be be doing this at your age so they say. But uh I want to go ahead and introduce our guest for today. Looking forward to this episode. This one is going to be really dope. Without further ado, I do want to go ahead and introduce the founders of pretty dynamic. We have Bree and Serena in the house. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us. How y'all feeling? Good. good.
1: Nervous, um, but happy excited. To happy to be here.
3: <laughs> no need to be nervous. We got y'all. Y'all thank are in you good hands. for having us. Of course, of course. Absolutely. So ladies, we like to be respectful of your time. So let's just go ahead and let's dive right into it. So pretty dynamic uh, Brie, i know you 're in advertising and and studying entrepreneurship in school, and serena, I know you 're preparing to start p t school so let me ask both of you what was the reason behind you pursuing the field that you're going into
1: uh yeah i 'll go first so um basically um I decided to do uh, physical therapy after I realized that So I I guess I'll start off with, um, I wanted to go to school to study anesthesiology and I took my first chemistry course and I was like, yeah, this is not for me. And although (laughs) anesthesiology is not all chemistry, I had to minor in biology and major, or major in biology and minor in chemistry. And so that just wasn't, you know what, it wasn't going to work because I felt that I didn't have that passion. So I was like, well, how am I going to be competitive? Enough to even get into you know med school or anything. If I didn't have that passion behind the drive, you know. So um, I started um, reflecting on what I've kind of done um, earlier in my life in high school when I had an internship that we could um, shadow all different types of professions. So I did um, intern to see you know physical therapists and everything. I've never actually had physical therapy myself, but I did realize like all my life I've promoted a healthy lifestyle and have seen it firsthand that, um, movement is medicine. So that's pretty much my reasoning behind doing physical therapy other than like my empathy and compassion for people, um, in general. But yeah, I wanted to, you know, try to fill the, uh, discrepancies
0: in healthcare mostly as well. So, all right. For me, I actually started out, um, I was going to become a nurse. So I also was uh, majoring in biology and minoring in chemistry. And I switched my major sophomore year because I couldn't. I was like, "Mm, maybe it's not for me. And I realized that I did want to be my own boss one day. And I did like the business uh, side of things, but also to be creative in business. And advertising just seemed like the best route for me. And um, I've really enjoyed it so far. And I'm going to be graduating in December. Um, And so with advertising and entrepreneurship, I realize it's perfect for our business as well. It gives us an upper hand in our business. So um, that's why I chose to go down the advertising route and entrepreneurship.
2: Now, I got to start by asking before we even get into everything else. How did you guys even link up or meet or even think to start your business? Like we got, we got to start there. We got to start there. How'd you guys even link up and um, decide, Hey, we want to do this, especially, you know, clothing brand. Like, you know, that's not easy. So how'd you guys do it?
0: That is true. true. I think Bree should uh, take this one. Oh, well, we met through a, like a mutual friend um, years ago, but um, like they lived closer together at the time. And so I never really um, communicated with Serena that often. But then um, once we all came to uh, University of North Texas and we all roomed together, and I was able to like build a closer connection with Serena. And one day, you know, I'm always like looking for a way to have financial freedom in my future. And I was like, I brought it to Serena one day. I was like, hey. Like there's this cool way to like, um, where we can be our own boss and it's called drop shipping. And so we were looking into it one afternoon and we're like, we're going to do this. Let's do it. And we started it that day. We came up with the name and everything. And that was in December of 2018. And, um, we realized that with drop shipping, it wasn't. Something we truly felt connected with because it wasn't something that we were making with our hand and putting like all of our love into. And so, um, maybe like a year later, we were like, uh, why don't we do something that we both really enjoy? And we both really like fashion and specifically streetwear. And like, I just like to be comfortable with what I'm wearing, and streetwear is the epitome of that. And, um, so we were like well let's start a, a streetwear line and we wanted something that everybody would feel comfortable in whether you're um a girl or a boy or whatever you associate with and so we um changed our route and we went uh, to making our own clothing and um we just dropped our first collection and we're working on our next one right now and um something that we're nervous about because we kind of, we talked ourselves with this first one. We're like, wow, we're getting all these great <laughs> responses. And like, we had to come hitting them with something better now. So um, that's just a little bit of how Pretty Dynamic started.
3: So talk about, <laughs> so you you just mentioned <laughs> the fact that, you know, the, the first launch essentially was successful and now you find yourselves in a position where it's like okay how can we possibly top what we just did which might i add is a pretty good problem to have um (laughs) that 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 really is amazing the the question that i want to ask you guys because I, i believe on uh some on the apparel you guys have, it says the view was good and then it got better. Yes. Mm-hmm. What, what was the, what was the inspiration behind that?
1: <laughs> I'm glad you asked, uh,
3: Carl. Yeah. So,
1: um, this is another one of those things we, I, I mean, I think throughout this whole thing, you'll kind of understand that, um, with this whole thing, we've been spontaneous And so that was really another spontaneous um, decision we made. So it really just started one night when we were like, okay, so we're really going to do this. Like we're going to put our, our all into it. um, Not just um, mentally, but like financially as well. And that was like the biggest fear. But um, once we decided we wanted to do it, uh, we were like, so what can we do? You know, we want to do streetwear. What should we start with? What product, you know? And so we chose hoodies um, and we were like, okay, well, what colorway would we want? Like, would we want bright colors, neutral colors? Um, what's the vibe we're going to go for for our first drop, you know? And so we're like, okay, well, we can do, um, you know, the the pastel colors is really what we wanted to do. And so we're like, well, what can we put on the actual hoodie? And so one night, um, we were really just thinking about what we could put on this hoodie, whether it was just going to be topography, a graphic, whatever it was going to be, we wanted it to be embroidered, because we wanted to serve that quality behind all of our, you know, all of our future products as well. So um, we, you know, came up with um, the view is good, and then it got better, it randomly, came to us um and when I say randomly like I mean we were just like what about this and we we're like okay you know I I, I like the ring
0: you know it's, it got a ring to it you know so yeah, you were actually studying for your GRE and we were, I was studying for you we just <laughs> like sitting there like in in between like you studying or we like what can we do I said so what about um
1: the view is good and then it got better like do you like that and, and everyone's we like, like that sounds good (laughs) it was like that light bulb like it wasn't like there was no hesitation so I was like okay and usually like Brianna she's a perfectionist so I know if she is like on board like ASAP then it's good you know so I was like okay well let's do this or whatever and then you know came the font and like how we wanted it and stuff like that but yeah that's literally how
0: we came up with that quote and then the inspiration behind it is like um it's up for your own imp- interpretation. Um, So, like, we have it kind of small in the hoodies. So, when somebody is like from afar and they finally get to come up to you and like read it, they're like, oh, I see what you did there. Or it could be like your future. And it's like, it's good, but it's even better. Right. Yeah. It's definitely supposed to be self interpretable
1: um, to kind of just mean what you want it to mean, um, to have that. Um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, you want what you want on your clothing. You want to be repping something that um, is a part of you or um, shows your personality a little bit. So yeah, we were like, well, it's going to mean what you want it to mean. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of what we have for our theme of like the next collections as well as we want it to be self-interpretable.
3: I like that. I like that a lot. I think, um, I think it's dope just because from a standpoint of whenever I think of, being able to create some type of clothing brand you know whether it be streetwear or um any t- any type essentially i feel like you need to be able to kind of have that creative touch to brand it in a way that it's something that speaks volumes to people the the question that i want to ask you guys just because myself um and i and i think i i can speak for paul here as well we're not we're not into, you know, the fashion in terms of business, you know what I'm saying? So we don't really know what it looks like to really get your hands dirty and really figure out what it looks like to put things out properly. So kind of talk to us about what is the process behind when you're going through, when you're trying to, you know, put out hoodies or shirts or whatever the case may be, like, how do you choose the material? How do you know whether something's good quality versus not so good quality. Walk us through that process a little bit.
0: Okay. So um, for us, we've gone to like multiple wholesalers and like we've seen the actual product in hand. And we wanted to make sure, you know, hoodies, you want it to be good quality. You want it to be thick. You want it to be soft, comfortable. And um, we actually started through uh, a little... Uh, place in the mall here uh, where we live and she like embroiders clothes and she actually had the product in store so we could like fill it and touch it and um, so she would like order them for us and uh, we would give her the design that we wanted and she would embroider it on there for us and everything was good um, but it does take out a lot from your profit when you're going through multiple middlemen. Like we had somebody that would sew on our tags as well. And um, we were just like, there's no way we're going to like make any profit if we just keep doing this. So we decided that we were going to get a sewing machine and an embroidery machine, and we were going to do it on our own. So that's one of the things that were challenges that we're overcoming right now is learning how to embroider And so um, to make our profit margin a lot bigger than it is and so that we don't have to go through these middlemen. Yeah, that's a good question though, because
1: um, when it came to us that we wanted to, you know, make our own products, quality was definitely um, a priority because we, it, you know, it says a lot about us. So we were like, well, if we're going to do this, we better do it right the first time. Um, and you know, actually, um, do what we promote, I guess you could say.
2: Now you don't have to give away the trade secrets, (laughs) but, but I know we understand, you know, with Carl and myself in in marketing, we understand that there's a certain process, right. You have to go through. Now what's you guys' go-to marketing technique been like, like, do you guys, you know just reach out to certain people do you run ads like how do you guys go about giving your brand awareness so that come launch day you have a successful day and you don't you know you just don't do two hoodies and then, then that's it
1: <laughs> okay that's actually a good question because it was a big um learning curve for us mm-hmm. especially when it came to launch day uh we were excited You know, everything went as planned, thankfully, but it definitely wouldn't have if we didn't um, put into, put a lot of things into perspective. Um, So, you know, the, the money it takes to, you know, put into ads and marketing in general definitely takes away from the profit. So um, we started with just, you know, regular Instagram ads, um, and that was probably the best route for us. We did try Twitter ads in which we love Twitter ads because those are actually where our first customers came from was Twitter when we had both ads running. And of course, we've tried, um, you know, the infamous uh, Facebook ads. And now so when I say it's been a learning curve, we've definitely lost um a big chunk of money just trying to, you know, trial and error. Yeah. Um, Facebook ads, yeah, didn't really work for us, but it's also dependent on um, the filters and the criteria that you put behind those ads of what people they're gonna reach. And so this was our first um, launch and it was streetwear. It wasn't like what we sold when we were drop shipping because when we we're drop shipping, we still did ads, but it was more um, fast fashion. So it wasn't, you know, quality products. It was just like, Hey, are you willing to spend $10 on this or whatever, you know, in the ad? But now it's more so of like showing that quality behind, um, the picture because we know our first customers aren't going to trust us right off the bat. So, um, with that, I mean, we kind of learned that, um, the Instagram ads work the best for us, but also, um, different avenues within Instagram, so um, different accounts that do promotional ads, um, but that also uh, feed into our audience, so, uh, you know, our audience is definitely younger, not the older crowd, so we had to find different ways that we can speak to the younger crowd, whereas, you know, we're getting older, but It's just, yeah, it's really just trial and error at this point still. Like, we definitely don't have um, that, you know, down pat, I would say, but we're working on it.
2: (laughs) Okay, cool. And I like, you know, you mentioned that you guys have an awareness of who your audience is. Um, Mm -hmm. So let me ask you a two-part question. The first is, how did you actually even figure out who your audience was, right? And then, two, how important was it for you guys to – be very self-aware of what you can do and what you don't know. And like, how did that relate to your business?
0: That's a good question. That's a
1: very good question. (laughs) There's a lot we don't know still. What was the first question? Let's
2: start with the first one. How did you guys even identify who your audience was?
0: Oh, okay. So uh, (laughs) we realized that like, you know, people from like 16 to 24, I, like, really into streetwear, and it's, like, the, the younger crowd that, like, is on TikTok, and they want to be fashionable, they want to look cool, and so that's more of our target audience, I guess, like, our peers, if you would say, um, so that's how we figured out our target audience, and that's worked out pretty well so far, that's where we've gotten our sales from, is that target audience. And then, um, for the second question, we have learned a lot, just jumping into this, like not knowing anything. We from starting from drop Shipping and then starting to make our own stuff, we've did everything on our own, um, practically. Uh, it's all about just going with the flow and just learning as we go and so we've had those trial and error so that we know oh don't do that next time we should do this so then we can do better right. um and since and we've done this since 2018 so we've had plenty of time to like learn different um tricks and trades
1: yeah that's true and um piggybacking off of what she first said like with our our target audience and how we found them um, so I don't know if you guys know, but it's a completely um unisex brand. So we want to promote to both, you know, like she said, female, male, but also unidentified, whatever it could be. Um, and that was kind of the hard part because we were used to just targeting um young females with our drop shipping because it was all just like a fashion boutique. And now it's um definitely men and women. <laughs> And so it's, uh, we're still learning. It's, it's I don't know how to explain it, but um, it's not, I guess it's really just not as easy as they th- as they say um, with targeting literally, I guess, everyone that is young, <laughs> everyone between the ages of 16 to 24.
0: Yeah.
2: So let me ask one follow-up question, right? And then I'm going to let my boy Carl ask you a question um so you know i love everything you guys are talking about um but something i think also our listeners would really benefit from understanding is as you're going through that process you're not doing it alone right i can guarantee that carl and myself like as we've built our businesses separate and together we're not doing it on our own so there has to be some form of like understanding between the two of us so first of all what is you guys's communication like and how important is it um, for the communication to to be wherever it is or be better in order for the business to succeed
1: <laughs> and how do you
2: guys communicate with each other with each other
1: if you yeah. don't mind asking no that's a wow these are good questions um yeah so communicating um that was uh hard in itself in the beginning i guess in the beginning of you know the streetwear brand I, I shall say not the drop shipping because that was more so like you know we didn't and we did care, but it wasn't our products, so yeah, with uh communicating now um and especially now that we don't live together because when we started we did live together, so it was so much easier to do what we needed to do together on the same schedule, but now um it's definitely a a complete one eighty so um. Really every day is like, Hey, so what is the plan for today? Are we, um, putting out these ads today? If so, how much are we going to put out on these ads or, Oh, we got this many sales yesterday or last week. I think we can probably, um, you know, start packing orders or whatever, because it's more worth it when you have, of course, more orders, um, it, it's really day by day. Um, we plan to make a schedule soon where we have an actual calendar. So we know exactly, um, what we need to do when we need to do it, but that's something we kind of struggle with now because there is so much that we have to do, um, and organizing it all, but also, um, you know, making it really effective in terms of like, uh, like, transit time like going to get our tags done like across dallas um or whether it's just driving to the mall that's like five minutes away um when i'm working full-time right now and she's in school full-time so really it's just day by day with uh our communication it's something that needs to be worked on actually. But a good thing about Bri and I is that um, we are pretty much on the same page all the time, especially like when it comes to ideas for what we're going to do. But in general, yeah, I think that's why it works so well with us because uh, we have a lot of the same thoughts and um, concerns and everything. So it's not hard at that, um, you know, in that aspect, but in other words, of actually doing things, I think is really just in terms of time management, I guess.
3: so with that with that being said, one let me let me tip my hat to the fact that you guys can be honest enough to say, oh, there's work that still needs to be done." Um, you know, because that that's business in general. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be something that can be done better, there's always going to be room for improvement somewhere. Um, and I think that's one of the, i say that's probably one of the earliest lessons that me and Paul had to learn when we were starting off is you can't get complacent because there's always something that needs to be done better. There's always something that you might have missed or you might not have thought about. So one of the questions that I have for you guys, because you, you alluded to the fact earlier that even right now you guys are still learning. You know, there's still there's still stuff that it's like trial and error, and so a question that I have for you, and this is more more so also for anyone who is listening and they're thinking like, okay, I've actually been thinking about starting my own clothing brand, um, but I don't know where to get started. What would you say are some resources that you guys have been able to tap into to kind of improve your uh education as far as building the business up even more from a clothing line standpoint
0: Hmm. i would definitely say one of them is youtube (laughs) i was thinking the same thing (laughs) youtube you can learn anything on youtube nowadays um we when we used to live together we used to sit in the living room and watch all these youtube videos about how to start your own clothing brand and then there'd be them saying oh you need ten thousand dollars to Start your clothing round and we're like, okay, we got to find another way. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be another way. Uh, we don't have ten thousand dollars, so we're gonna do the easier route and start small. Um, we were like, well, you know, we are broke college students, so we we're like, we were always trying to figure out, well, if we can do it this way, how much money do we have to do it this way? And um, in the beginning, it started out slow because it was a struggle to like come up with the money to start it and uh, we were scared that we weren't going to be able to fund the business to where we to the quality that we wanted it to be and Mm -hmm. we eventually found um, a way to do that and so that's when our launch started Um, was able to start because we finally found our groove of what we could Uh, actually afford and thankfully but yeah I would say YouTube is uh, a great platform to learn some things on. Right. Um, Lots of master classes. Yeah we've watched a couple of those too (laughs) and
1: um, those, yeah, they give you the bare minimum really. So that's when we actually were like, okay, we need to find a different way to, to learn how to do this. Like, I'm sure there is information out there that's not worth, well, worth thousands of dollars, but doesn't cost thousands of dollars. So Mm -hmm. yeah, YouTube was definitely our main avenue for all of the information we've learned, but also, um, you know, so our, uh, our domain is through Shopify. And so they have a lot of classes themselves where they can say, Oh, you know, um, black Friday, cyber Monday is coming up. Um, Here's a few tips that you can do to, um, you know, optimize your profit margin or or whatever it could be. So, yeah, I would definitely say all three of those have definitely helped us to, to learn what we know today. Right.
2: Okay. So I'd like to highlight, you know, failures a little bit, because I think it's important for us to be able to identify our biggest lessons, right? What would be your top two, like, biggest lessons or, you know, failures, quote, unquote, that you guys had or experienced? Oh. Or if you haven't, that's dope. But <laughs> if you have, um, what would be your, you know, top two, like, biggest lessons learned where you're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're not doing that again because we've understood this, this, this happens?
1: Okay. Yeah. Um I can definitely say one now I'm sure Brie can think of one that we've already gone through, but one that we literally just, um, kind of went through was, uh, and she touched on it before with our profit margin being not being as, um, you know, as big or whatever that we would want it to be, which was taking out the middlemen. Um, we started with them, which we're completely fine with cause you have to start from somewhere. So we, uh, we invested in a embroidery machine, um, a sewing machine. And when I say, you know, the, the fear of, I mean, I guess it is failing ultimately, but the fear of like, well, what if we don't, you know, make the money back to pay for these things or what if we're just wasting money? You know, what if we don't need these? Um, I would, (laughs) I would say we kind of overcame that. And, you know, probably won't go back to middlemen just because they do kinda of eat up the profit. I mean, it kinda of sounds small, but that's really one of the biggest things when you're running a business is, you know, if we're not a, you know, a nonprofit organization, like, I mean, you gotta run it from some some, some money, you know, you have to have profit. And so with us not having that at first to us now having it, um, is a great feeling, but you know, of course there's going to be times you wish you didn't go through something to get to where you are today, but I guess that really is what shapes the, the uh, strength behind
0: all of it too. (laughs) Oh, another one, failure, lesson. Um, I would have to say, if we're being honest, us not having as much knowledge, um, when it comes to like shipping, because, we had never really had to ship like things that were like heavier than some glasses. <laughs> um, and also with drop shipping, we didn't have to ship anything out. So we didn't know how that factored into our profit margin and everything and how much it would actually be and cost us to ship things out. And so we were struggling. we were like, Oh my gosh, the shipping is so expensive yeah (laughs) and okay so we need to switch it up we need to figure something out because this isn't looking right so that was one thing that I think we were like okay we need to figure it out now and don't switch it up we need to settle on a price that we're gonna have um so that we don't look you know sketchy or anything we just didn't know how it was going to be in the beginning right yeah
1: and I think um to feed off of that like (laughs) and we're not talking you know um shipping like five pounds uh, at one time it's literally the hoodies weigh maybe about a pound um and a few ounces but you know, just that will be, you know, $10 or something when we only charge about 3 to $4 for shipping. And the thing with shipping is, you know, everyone expects their items in two days or less because that's how Amazon set the standard for us. You know, we're all expecting our items at least within a week. I mean, if it's not Amazon, but not only that, it also needs to be cheap. And so we were like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, we're going to come Correct. We're gonna um, you know, only charge pretty cheap shipping and it's gonna come pretty quickly. So when we thought like that, we were like, well, oh shoot, like we have an order from Australia. We didn't know that was gonna be forty five dollars. That was out of our pocket when they only paid six dollars, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm glad you mentioned that, Brie, because yeah, that is definitely one of our biggest failures but now we have learned and we actually don't even um, promote worldwide shipping anymore until we can, um, you know, get a grasp on our profit first.
2: So I've got another follow-up, guys. All right. So, um, cause I know when I heard of you guys, I was just like, this is the thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) I I really, I really genuinely like your brand. Have you guys, um, be, being streetwear and all there's a certain target audience there's a certain um group of people that like Twitter stuff right so um have you guys had any like prominent people reach out and say hey like yo we could rep this or um what's that process been like for y'all
0: so we have had like people who are like verified and like have like 3 million on TikTok have reached out and said oh we would love to uh, promote your brand and which was very cool for us we were like shocked we were, like, oh my god do you see how many dollars they have and they're <laughs> reaching out to us they're, like oh my god we made it <laughs> like dorks or something and well it was really cool um but yeah we did work with them and they like made a tiktok uh wearing our stuff and there was been multiple other um tiktokers that have reached out to us are um, people that are like uh, influencers on Instagram and we worked with them as well. So, yeah. And they say, um, you know, influencers are the
1: best way to advertise because you, you know, these idols that these celebrities or or not even celebrities are, um, you know, if you see one of your idols or whatever wearing something, I guess these days is definitely something that you want to have in your closet too. And so, yeah, they say that's the best way to advertise. So I would definitely add to one of our previous questions is um, that's one of our avenues for advertising as well is influencers itself.
3: So (laughs) um, I I like, I like how you said you were like, Oh, we made it. That's, (laughs) that's, that's so funny to me. Um, Just because I, I think about just like, even in, in business, like speaking for me and Paul, I remember uh, one of the first like big deals that we got um, after we were done speaking with the client. We just kind of look at each other after they hopped off the call, and we we're like, <laughs> "Yeah, you know, like the, it was, it was just like the ultimate excitement." But one thing that I want to ask you guys, and you may not have thought of thought of this yet. Uh, but I want to ask is in the face of the success that you've been able to see so far, you know, the first launch was successful. You guys are gearing up to um, do launch number two. What is the process like behind you guys making sure that you remain humble in the face of the success that's been happening?
0: Hmm, How do we remain humble? Um.
1: Well, I will say uh, throughout this whole process and journey so far, we've pretty much stayed to ourselves um, in the first place, you know, but um, we, I think one thing uh, we try to avoid is um, by speaking too soon, like, oh, we did this when, you know, it's not fully, the deal ain't closed yet, you know? So um, I would say that, but also just the, I guess the failures and the experience in itself has been humbling. Um, <laughs> I
0: ahead. mean,
1: <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, it's, I don't even know how that's I a good know. question. Cause I'm like, how do we
0: try to remain humble? I mean, we just, we know we're not big, like fashion over anything. It's just like, we're still very small. We know that yeah. we're not well known. We're not verified. And we, I don't know, it's just something small that we started together. I think, yeah. And I think we just tried to
1: stay positive um, because yeah. like she said, we know we're we're small. And so sometimes it can be discouraging, um, which I think mm-hmm. is maybe why it's humbling as well. But um, yeah, I mean, we just have to stay positive um, and to, to remind ourselves that, you know, it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight, but also we want to, um, be pretty transparent with our, we call it a family. Like, you know, anyone that's involved pretty dynamic. is a family. So we try to be as transparent as we can be. So I guess in terms of, um, being humble is we we don't put everything out there. Maybe like if it's, you know, could say not close, but, I
0: don't know how to put it, so... It took us a while to even, like, tell our parents. <laughs> we were just, like, working on this, like, behind the scenes. And we're like, well, we don't want to tell them until, you know, we know it's good. Yeah, exactly. Because our parents would be honest, like, oh, so when is it dropping? Like, even now, they're like, so when's the next collection? So when's the next collection? <laughs> we're like, okay, hold on. You know, give us some time.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but... Maybe we're humble because we're not. We know, uh, like, (laughs) living living it big in a penthouse and traveling like crazy. We're still in a little apartment. Just, I'm in school. She's working full time. We haven't um, reached, like, our biggest goals just yet, you know. We're still us. I think it'll always be like that because we have each other to keep Grounded. grounded,
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of throughout this humbling experience itself, I think this how we stayed humble is just by really not disclosing anything unless it's um official of course. And then uh, when it is official, um it's not, you know, any bragging rights or anything by no means. Um we just try to to look at it as a one us you know, one stepping stone in the right direction. Um, rather than full, you know, success, like we didn't make it or whatever. So I don't think we'll ever say we made it, um, because we're going to obviously keep working towards whatever's next. Yeah.
3: Honestly, I couldn't think of a better way to end the show. Uh, that was, that was spot on. I like that, you know, And, and the reason I asked is just because I know, Recently me and Paul were were speaking with uh with uh one of our guests and she alluded to the fact that someone that she kind of saw in her circle go from just trying to make it to they made it like she kind of saw a difference in how they kind of carry themselves and it seemed like that humility started to kind of get lost a bit mm-hmm. And I feel like that is something that a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of creatives need to remember that even when you do get to that point where you're seeing success and where, you know, the money's coming in and stuff like that, you got to remember where you came from, you know, and and Mm -hmm. I think that's what keeps you level-headed to be able to continue to essentially level up, you know. So, ladies, that was – that was great. Thank y'all. Seriously, thank y'all for, for coming on and, and dropping that knowledge. We have never had anyone on the show that was just strictly about a clothing a clothing line, like a, starting their own clothing brand. Seriously, you guys are a first. So thank you for being the the first to, to come on and give us some knowledge on what that lane looks like. Before I let y'all go, though, for anyone who is listening and this is their first time being exposed to y'all what would be some contact information or what would be some uh, social media information that you would want to leave with them?
0: Uh, well, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore pretty dynamic. And then our Facebook page is pretty dot official. Yeah. And so we, um, We definitely take pride in our Instagram. (laughs) Our feed, we put a lot of work into that. Um, So go check us out. um, And follow us on all of our platforms. And stay tuned for the next collection.
2: You know what else is pretty dynamic? Check this out. I'm a Segway king. I'm the Segway king. (laughs) You know what else is pretty dynamic? Our t-shirts. All right, y'all. To our (laughs) listeners, everybody in YouTube land, look. I keep saying this. I think at this point I should just stop saying they're only going to be free until they stop being free. And that day is soon coming, y'all. So, please, if you want a T-shirt while well, it's still free, text the word shirt to 321-384-6275. Again, that is 321-384-6275. To get your free T-shirt, um, you'll get a link to where we have our uh, – website and the landing pages and you can kind of go through and choose the size the color the profession that you want carl and i got on the physical therapist ones i got the gray he's got the black um we also have the white as well from the custom that's a whole different conversation that one ain't free but hey <laughs> get the shirts uh, while you can because once they go back to their regular price they will stay there Perpetuity.
3: all right paul thank you so much for that segue honestly i think by the time this episode comes out the shirts won't be free but go get your shirts anyways ladies once again thank you so much for joining us to our lovely listeners if you got some value from this episode hit them up you know show them some love um get a hoodie the hoodies are dope definitely definitely (laughs) grab a hoodie but no seriously show them some love show them some support um and don't forget to show us some love as well five-star reviews comment share subscribe all that good stuff you know we love y'all Until next time, peace, many blessings.
4: Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by the Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really do not have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. You can find help at www.preptgrindotc.com. This episode was also brought to you by PhysioMemes. PhysioMemes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store, PhysioMemes. Thank you for listening don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.